This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello everyone, Jasper here. Before we dive into this week's episode, we have, wait for it, 29 new patrons to thank. What it is. That is wild. Truly, truly wild. Uh, thank you so much for those people that have signed up recently. We have sailed past 100 patrons now, which feels so surreal and, uh, and absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, and so extra special shout outs to the following amazing patrons. That is... Adam Capello, Melon Bread, Carrie Miller, Moltas, Michael, BK, Titus Blaze, DJ Michaelopoulos, uh, Sakia Edwards, Diana, Chelsea Harris, Final Girl, Tia Steele, Francis Bearer, Nathaniel Phillips, Isabella Miscusi, uh, Sasha Squatch, Mason, Kate Leary, Samantha Brandt, Eze Podgeman, Eric Peters, Tom Amos, Jake Weber, Paige Lane, Janine Perez, Amateur Tarot Pod, Hayden W, and Peter Frank. Wow. I just can't believe so many new patrons. Thank you so much for your patronage. If you are interested in becoming a patron, you can. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash TV halflings and get a bunch of bonus episodes and even more TBH goodness. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this show. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello! Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Luando Nati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Nati! <laughs> and... Jeremy Cobb, but David Knight from the show No Small Roles referred to me as Coblet. Coblet! That's a good one! Coblet is a... Very that is a good one! That's so cute Ooh, as well! Coblet. Yeah, the Coblet of Fire. <laughs> oh! Did you put uh, your nickname in the Cobbler of Fire? He asked calmly. <laughs> Still one of the funniest scenes in all of film history when uh, um, he goes like fully, he gets like a fully gets a different accent for that. Did you put your name in like, Harry Potter? That's it. He turns around and goes like Harry Potter. Like it's like, whoa, what? Where that? Why did you just say his name so weird? It was really, it's, go it watch that Swedish. scene. He, he literally does turn around and goes Harry Potter and then just goes back into his normal voice. It's super weird that it made the final film. Anyway, <laughs> Halflings, uh, before I get distracted for too long, we have a special guest here today. Uh, he is an actor, writer, comedian, and co-founder of the HeadGum Podcast Network, director of Lonely and Horny, one half of Jake and Amir, and the show, the podcast If I Were You, and co-host, or co-starring, I guess, on Not Another D&D Podcast. That is right, the one and only Jake Hurwitz is here! Hey, hey, what a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank you guys yeah, yeah. for having me. Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. The uh, crowd is going th- crazy. Wow. Yeah. The, wow. The, the, Honored. The, the, uh, similar, I think similar to Caldwell, I have once similar. again gathered a crowd, full mm. super spreader event, uh, just in honor of Jake, and they're going nuts right now. Sweet. Super nuts. Yeah, they super deserve nuts. my droplets, and I appreciate it. <laughs> if you mail uh, me your droplets, I will sprinkle them over the crowd. That's cool. That's like a good Patreon like stretch goal or something. I can in mail you guys a vial of my droplets. <laughs> it's a pandemic! Give them a little spritz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Just a little, like a little spray bottle out of it. Yeah, yeah. it could be like a threat too. Like if you reach a certain tier, you won't release my droplets. That would also be oh, yes. That's a good yeah. idea. There you go, yeah. you naughty. That's that's more palatable, right? Because yeah, then it's, it's like, hey, look, more. we gave you a warning. Now you're yeah. going to get sprayed. Um, <laughs> by you make the mistake of listening to the show and not giving us a certain amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll Sorry, you. you didn't support us enough. Here's uh, Jake's spit. <laughs> Apologies. You would have been better off just never listening to us in the first place, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> you tight wads. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Well, we surprisingly aren't here to discuss Jake's droplets, but we are here to discuss Jake. Uh, so, where do uh, the droplets we, come from? Yeah, where do? What's the origin story of the droplets? Um, no, no, we always do a little bit of like an origin story, but I thought today would be uh, an interesting one. It'd be nice to get maybe a little bit more of a uh, origin story for you as uh, like a, a comedian mm. uh, and obviously as a as a podcaster as well as the other stuff. So we can get into like Nadpod in a bit, but I thought maybe let's start off with like Jake and Amir and what and like how that all started because I'm I I mean I want to know, so I'm sure my listeners do as well. Okay. Yeah, geez. I guess Jake and Amir, Jake and Amir started very organically just because like I started writing for College Humor when I was in when I was in college, um, just like submitting articles. And and then I I kept on bothering the editor for an internship. I eventually got an internship. I started working at the college, like the first College Humor office, which was um, like 12 people in a Tribeca apartment in New York City. And I just, I like sat next to a mirror. That was like, that was my seat. And we just, we basically did these weird. So it's a documentary is what you're saying? Jake and Amir is literally a documentary. We did Jake and Amir just for the two of us for at least a year (laughs) before we were like, I guess we'll, I guess we'll film it. But I mean, our job back then was to write articles for College Humor and find videos for College Humor. We had like creating videos and like our boss um, was concerned about the bros that were fans of College Humor finding out mm. that it was run by nerds and losers. So he did not <laughs> want us appearing on the website. Um, <laughs> but event, like we also we shared an office uh, with the video platform Vimeo. Um, mm. So and that and that was a time when Vimeo was like this is before YouTube could like completely took over so that you yeah. know they thought they could compete and they're like oh we should put more videos on Vimeo will you guys make some videos for Vimeo um and our, we're like okay our comedy videos aren't good enough for college humor we'll put them on Vimeo and <laughs> and eventually they started getting enough views on Vimeo that our boss would be like oh, okay we can try we can try to put those on college humor and and that was like the the beginning of Jake and Amir and uh the hardly working series Oh, so Hardly Working was like heavily like it kind of spun off from Jake and Amir. Yeah, I think at the time we were just like we just had a video camera and we made stupid videos all the time. Um, But if if it I guess it sort of felt early on that me and Amir slipped into like these characters. Um, So sometimes we film something and be like, this isn't a Jake and Amir because we're not doing the Jake and Amir characters. This feels more like a different video. And I think uh, Jeff Rubin, one of the writers mm-hmm. there, just came up with the name Hardly Working. And that one stuck. And we just would sometimes make videos with people uh, in the office. And that's where those ones lived. But they started around Whoa. the same time. Yeah. Whoa, I had no idea. I've been, I've been a fan of College Humor since like 2008. So this is like, whoa, I had literally no clue that that was how it started. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah. 2008 was, that was when it started. So that's very, that, I think that's when Jake and Amir started in like May of 2008, I think. Jeremy was your first fan, actually. First one Jake, ever. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First, and hopefully the first you'll be the last ever. when they're all dead and gone, when they've all abandoned <laughs> A thousand years from now, I'm the only person left alive. Still Walk around like a hood, still with a <laughs> little iPad computer. and I watch Jake and Amir. The thing is, the thing is though, Jeremy does have like a weird completionist thing where like I wouldn't be surprised if that was something that he did. Like where you he committed my whole like, body of work. Yeah, I must watch everything that they have done. <laughs> I look through like all the old Vimeo videos. I somehow get access to the camera that you guys used to film with, just like all of the past stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
question. Um, uh, that's amazing. So then, so from there, uh, obviously, uh, you now have the, the the show. If I were you, and I was wondering what was like, what was first? Was it was like the sort of the chicken or the egg? Was it if I were you? Was it headgum? What was the kind of I guess process and why did you decide to? Uh, I think we've spoken about this briefly, but tell our audience why you decided to kind of branch out into like podcast networking. I think well, it was. Definitely because like Jake and Amir was, that was me and Amir's, you know, our, our whole entire life. We, we loved making it, but at the same time it was owned by this big corporation, IAC. And we were, I think we're at the time we're developing it into a TV show, but we were also sort of thinking ahead, like if this doesn't work, we can't be employees of IAC forever. So we wanted to start something that they didn't own that we could basically do. Basically, like we thought we were doing when we were doing Jake and Amir, we thought we were recording it after work, but uh, it turns out that we were recording it in the office playing people that played that worked at College Humor. So, you know, they had a pretty solid case for uh, owning <laughs> owning the content. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we're like, okay, like, let's try this again. We're going to like tell them up front, we're doing this side project. And at that time too, Amir and I, like, we didn't even really work at the office anymore. We, uh, we would just film, we would film at the office. Like we would come into the office and, uh, the people that actually worked at that desk would leave for the day. And we had to like <laughs> sit there and pretend like we still worked there. Um, so yeah, we were, we were sort of like doing things outside of, of college humor. But one of those was, um, was, trying to start a podcast. And it's funny because we were like, we were very hesitant to start a podcast in 2013. Like this is like eight years ago. We were hesitant to start a podcast because we're like, everyone has a podcast that like the market's saturated. No one cares about our show. Um, <laughs> Cut to now when yeah. literally everyone has a podcast. <laughs> yeah, like now at you, least two. <laughs> now it's weird if you don't have a podcast, like you should have a Twitter yeah. and Instagram and a podcast. Otherwise, what yeah, are you, yeah. what are you doing? Are you um, living? But yeah, we started no. doing, we start, I think we started the show in like 2013 thinking like, oh, maybe it'll be just this like side project thing that we can tour with. We can perform this live because it was always so weird to like do Jake and Amir in characters live. Um, we liked the idea of doing something that we could just be ourselves. Um, and then at a certain point, like the podcast was like eclipsing Jake and Amir, like people were discovering our podcast and had no idea what we looked like. And that was the first time that that had happened to me. Um, mm. and then I, and then now I'm really like go, giving you guys a full, full, oh, I'm over explaining this, but now this is the best. This, <laughs> after yeah. we, this is good. This is cool for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Sweet. Um, yeah. After we did the I mean, podcast. listeners have turned off. Like, they're just, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. just yeah. this is for they the archives like, for, uh, cool. I'll be playing this a thousand years from now. Don't yeah. Worry. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, this is great. entirely what this is for. <laughs> this is just for Cobb. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, I think, um, the impetus for HeadGum was we had a friend that did ad sales at College Humor who would sell the our, the Jake and Amir videos on behalf of College Humor for like, you know, these crazy budgets, like hundreds of thousands of dollars for sponsored content um, where College Humor, because they had such a huge infrastructure, they'd keep pretty much everything. And he saw our podcast and he's like, oh, that gets the same traffic of, as your videos, but people are selling podcast ads for like you know, sense. Um, so he kind of like saw the future a little bit of being like, eventually podcast ads are going to look like branded content now where there's like a ton of money. Um, so, so that was just like the business side of it. It's like, okay, if you can sell our podcast the same way you sell our videos, let's, let's try that out. And he was doing that. He was really good at it. And then we're like, oh, podcasting is easy. We should get all our friends to do podcasts. <laughs> and that was that was the beginning of HeadGum. Well, I completed it like, podcasts. Yeah, so it felt like nobody, just... nobody knew how to do a podcast at the time. Like, Amir and I were so hesitant to do it because we thought it was, we thought the space was like oversaturated and we thought it was hard, but turns out it wasn't as hard as we thought. Uh, so, yeah, we convinced a bunch of other people to start. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I feel like I had the exact same experience. It was so easy. It was just the easiest thing in the world. Like it's been the easiest thing. I've. <laughs> I'm totally lying. kidding. Why yeah, I'm totally kidding. I haven't lying. slept for. Well, that's funny because the more the more I do it, it and now I'm now I'm reminded that it's hard. But at the time, <laughs> the time. It's, yeah, it was I think easy. it feels like fun, yeah. and then you go, "Oh, I haven't slept for like months." <laughs> so I guess it's hard, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just didn't realize it at the time. It's tough because uh, it's it's hard, and you like to do it, so it it sort of mm. disguises the hardness for a little while. But then you like, don't want to complain up. about it. Yeah, you I don't feel like yeah. in contrast to video production, you don't have to stand up. Like oh, that's you just really get to helpful. sit there the whole time. That, yeah. yeah. Sitting is nice. The sitting is really sitting nice. Is that's why we would nice. always we would always script our videos in like I mean always sitting down but uh we would we started scripting our videos um like interior college humor office. Jake is drinking a milkshake. And it had nothing to do with the video, but the PAs would just get us the food. It was all part of the budget. You just don't have to feed yourself for that day. Yeah. So I was fine making minimum wage at College Humor, but I did get a lot of free milkshakes. So it all worked out. You start writing in new clothes for you guys, furniture. Yeah. Uh, I need a three-point hat, please, for this video. Uh, I'm going to need, no a, uh, I need a toothbrush. Uh, <laughs> I need, I need half yeah. a pound of uncooked bacon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I need a whole chicken and uh, six pairs of socks. <laughs> and a live dog. A live puppy. <laughs> a puppy. Yeah. A puppy. A nice puppy. That's not just for Christmas. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> imagine. Um, okay, cool. So this obviously perfectly brings us around to uh, what we normally talk about on the show, which is Sunners and Dragons. And of course, uh, you star in uh, Not Another D&D Podcast or NADPOD, uh, as it is known. Um, if you want to hear Jake's origin story for Dungeons and Dragons, I'm pretty sure you play effectively like the first time on the first episode of NADPOD, right? That, yes, like, that's... You, you hear me play and hear the rules of the game for the first time live. It's <laughs> yeah. all recorded. <laughs> it's a very did, enjoyable experience as the, well. The, the final episode of uh, of Eight Bit Book Club, isn't it? Like you guys literally, like you come up with the character of Hard One Surefoot on the show. Yeah, we like. I think we rolled the characters. Then we t- we definitely talk about the characters. Um, yeah, th- I think it's like the last episode of Eight Bit Book Club and episode zero of uh, Natpod or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's reminded me. Before we dive into uh, into how that all started, uh, a little tale from the table. Uh, in a very chaotic recent session, where my players discovered the uh, the deck of many things, um, uh, Jeremy here uh, pulled the knight card, uh, <gasps> which of course uh, did uh, spawn uh, the character of Balnor in the first uh, campaign of Not Another D&D Podcast. That's right. And so, in a moment of panic, not really knowing what to do, because he'd also managed to derail my entire campaign at the same time with another card um i panicked and so uh, hard one surefoot uh is now in my main D campaign and being piloted by jeremy he's a black <laughs> halfling yeah he's a black halfling because it says it's the same speech like it's the same yeah. race as you so it had to be a black halfling specifically he's still got the beard and everything and he's yeah. still thick of uh th- of quad and calf he's Perfect. just very short now cool yeah, uh, yeah i think that's any size, any color, as long as the cabs and quads, they've really oh, got to be stacked. Yeah. That's where he draws Swallow. his power. Yeah. His beard <laughs> is even curlier has no now. <laughs> do you do the voice? <laughs> I think uh, I've Jasper it a few usually times. does the voice, but yeah, yeah I've does. attempted it a few times. Uh, and no, I won't do it, Jake. Don't right. dare try and uh, trap me like that. <laughs> Tell you what, if you could do the... Actually, I was joking around saying that we need to like get you to do like a soundboard for us so that when I'm playing the home game, I can just have like a generic like five responses to every question. Uh, <laughs> that I can just literally just like hit a play button and like everyone in the Zoom can hear you just say that one line. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we will need to. We'll need we to definitely need like a watch this. Yeah, I can. I can uh, hit you with a watch this. No problem. Yeah. No yeah. problem. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Hard one okay. screaming Gemma. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. just looking uh, for caca. All that. I bend the knee. Just the phrase. I bend the knee. I bend the knee to Mama. Yeah. Caca's yeah. dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Elk milk, maybe? I don't know. Anyone. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I was interested, uh, obviously, with you being uh, such a noob to, to D&D, uh, how did that all come about? Like, uh, um, I, yeah, what was what happened uh, with the creation of NatPod? When did you get involved? I think, I think it was Murph coming on If I Were You. We used to always have him on episode, like the episode before a 100. So we had him on episode 99, episode 199, 299, and 399. Because he always wanted to be there for a milestone, but we'd always uh, mm. have him just there for uh, <laughs> the pre-milestone <laughs> episode. Um, and I think it was either, I think it was on like one of the last ones he was on where he was just like, you know, telling me that I would love D&D, um, that, that I should play. Because he knew that I was a big Lord of the Rings fan, uh, that I love heroes and swords and <laughs> bravery uh <laughs> and just I, bravery of any yeah, kind he, i think he knew that i was like a, a secret nerd in my heart um mm. and and he told me that i'd like it and uh and that sort of stuck with me and then like i saw him outside of the context of just recording podcasts like once or twice um and then the last time we were like a little bit drunk at a holiday party and I was like, I'm ready. Like, I want to play. And I, I just wanted to play with him. I, like, that was it. It was like, I'm... It Please, took me I just like, want to play. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit buzzed this. to be Please. like, okay, I think I'm fucking ready, dude. I want to fucking play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and, then, and then he was like, okay, I have an idea. We should make a podcast. And also, like, I, I think he calling it not another D&D podcast is like a nod to the fact that there were other play podcasts. But when he told yeah. me that, I was like, what an original idea. No one's thought of that yet. <laughs> so, I also, like, I had no idea like about the, the world that I was about to step into at all. Like I, mm. I basically committed to just playing a game with Murph and that was, and that was it. Uh, that's as much as I knew. It is wild, though, going from, like, being uh, someone who enjoys D&D and then stepping, like, into the community. Like, I'm pretty sure all three of us have had it where, like, there was a very big difference between, like, I get the books and, like, I play D&D with my friends on a Thursday and sometimes I listen to Critical Role or NADPOD or Dimension 20 and then you suddenly get involved and you're like, whoa, there is a lot here. I was minding my business in my garden. I was just having a good time and then I was roped into nonsensicalities. Honestly, I, I really so I feel like in the, it, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I had a spade. <laughs> I was holding a spade. I, I literally feel like the, the the fantasy version of of TB Halfling's origin was like me appearing like through a portal and just like being like I'll explain later, grabbing Yanati and then just teleporting out. Like because it literally was <laughs> just like that is, that's, what? What it, that's what it takes is one person to be like trust me, I'm gonna this is a crazy idea, and I think yeah. the other yeah. thing it takes is people that have no idea what they're getting into. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think I would have fall. Like I, I might be, have been too afraid to start NADPOD if I knew how complex and insane D and D was. It took the yeah. false confidence of a guy that's like, yeah, I could figure this out on the fly. <laughs> and then I think it was like episode 20. You were like, I use my action surge and everyone cheers. Cause you finally remember to use action surge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like, and thankfully like the, I feel like the, the NADPOD audience kind of like grew as I was figuring out the, like if I just jumped mm. in as a guest on NADPOD right now, everyone would hate me so much i would know i would know <laughs> nothing like there were times when i just forgot to roll i forgot to like add mod i forgot to reroll my ones and twos on my damage i think the funniest yeah. thing was that the right at the beginning you were rolling really poorly one episode and then like Emily halfway through the episode goes like why are you rolling a d12 like, <laughs> and you were just rolling d12 for like the entire episode when you were doing like perception checks and stuff. they were really similar shape but damn like, <laughs> yeah but one literally has eight more sides Jake there's no excuse yeah. uh, I mean, like, no, I even if you don't know the rules I haven't made this mistake in at least two months <laughs> <laughs> yeah however many years on uh my my strike rate is down to one every three months uh, i pick up a d12 instead of a d20 um so like uh, then what was then the journey after that of like falling in love with D because i feel like we very much get to like experience that on the show where you kind of like uh, you go from being like uh you know rolling d12s instead of d20s to then being like i am so 
I'm invested in this thing now. Yeah. I think that I, I basically had an incredible time the first the first day we recorded. We recorded episode one and two. And I remember talking to my wife and being like, I hope other people like this podcast because I had a really good time. Like I was laughing a lot. It was really I think it I think it was really fun. Did. I think there's a couple people. You know, thank, I God. thank God, because I really like playing D D. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of and then, a thing now. You should keep going. You should keep I going. Guess so. I guess so. I might as well. Uh, if, you, if you have time. You know, I mean, if you have time. <laughs> I'm not doing anything else. Um yeah. and then it was in it was in Galateron when uh spoilers ahead, um, but when I, we're on the airship and I find out that, and Hardwin finds out that it's his mm. father's airship. And then mm. like, that was the first time I got like the chills playing D&D. So I think that's mm. kind of where it like really gets the hook in because it's super fun. And then like, uh-oh, oops, it's beautiful too. Oh my God, I'm crying a little bit. And then that makes yeah. you, and then that makes you really fall in love with the game because it feels like three-dimensional. I think that is so it though, isn't it? Because I think like uh, there's always that moment of like, oh, I'm playing a fun game with my friends. This is great. I'm having a fantastic time. And then like, yeah, you're like your DM just describes like a new city and suddenly you just see it like unfold like a friggin' yeah. Ikea showroom in front of you. And you're like, <laughs> whoa, okay. What's this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm interested now. What happens if I go over here, DM? Yeah. That something cool happens Ooh. because I went over here? Oh, shit. It could be yes. anything. Yeah. <laughs> this could be, yeah, this could be whatever I want it to be. Yes. It's like that first, it's, 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 that's how they get you. Like they get mm. you with like the, yeah, just coming in, gonna whack some crazy bear monsters and running around with swords. And then right. suddenly <laughs> it's like, your family is dead and this is the person who killed them. <laughs> The blade in your hand, do you strike? Yeah. And like, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Tony's uh, like, yeah, I want to kill these frog guys. Oh, you knew my father? Wait. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> there's so many there's so many instances I can think of where like the where as a DM you do like the simplest reveal of something and you just feel all of your players be like, oh, no, what? Like I guess and you're like, oh, Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Here, there is more of this. Ah, keep going. I knew what I was doing. That, that, yeah. that moment happened for me in like the third session that I played, where or the the third session that I DM'd with this one group, where like the, the first two sessions have been like, "Whoa, we're really into this," and then the third session, the char- a character made just a really unwise decision, ended up dying. I'm like scrambling to try and figure out a way to bring them back. I at this point didn't know any resurrection spells, so they ended up having to sacrifice they had saved a giant lizard who had been previously abused by its former owner and that was the only thing that they i basically forced them to sacrifice the lizard as part of this crazy ritual to bring them to bring the pc back and the player fully started crying and i was like this is good I felt something. Everything happened in my brain, and I felt something. You didn't, you know, you didn't experience anything outside of your body. You're sitting in. Mm. I don't know. It's it's such a crazy thing to have shared experiences that are all completely made up with (laughs) with people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know? Here's something mad. I don't know if I've said this on the show before. I'm sure I have, but there is a scientific research to suggest that the the same part of your brain, you're like uh, where you house your imagination, is exactly the same place where you keep your memories. Yeah. So like, there's no way of differentiating between what is a memory and what is something that you've like imagined, which is kind of partly why our memories are so like unreliable. Right. When you get into an argument and you're like, "Hey, you said this," and you're like, "They're like, no, I didn't," (laughs) and it's like, well, neither of us are probably actually remembering exactly what was said here. Um, But I always think that's so amazing. Though, because especially when we transitioned onto Zoom, I suddenly was sat there the other day and I was going, I don't remember anything like on Zoom. Like I don't remember seeing anyone's faces, but I yeah. really remember seeing like the moment something happened, like in my version of that fantasy world. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like totally. I didn't see, you know, Jake's. I don't remember seeing Jake's face when his character died, but I remember seeing Jake's character die. Like actually, no, I don't in remember my it that way. Eye. I don't remember it that way. I was. Uh, I actually I crit on my last death save, so I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I think Jake's yeah. character lived, jumped back up, and saved the entire campaign. Jasper, I think your imagination um, is running away with you there, buddy. 
Unati yeah. was the DM, and Unati doesn't let anyone survive. So um, I don't think that was what happened. I don't know uh, how maybe I got check a fact. into this, but okay, fine, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> suffer and learn. There was yes. an audible thumping sound as Unati was thrown under the bus. <laughs> I was just sat here. Let it be known, Jake guessed it. Unati killed me. All right, perfect. We can move on. Right, great. We can move on. That's how it awesome, went down. Awesome, um, awesome. So now I'm the murderous tyrant. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, that, hey, look, it's just it's just how it is. How it went down. I'm yeah, sorry. Look, okay. If, if uh, the dictator crown fits, you got to wear it. Uh, I guess is it jewel encrusted? I would love that. Uh, yes, oh, of course, absolutely. Ooh, shiny. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm a magpie. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, this actually, I was I was going to ask you about uh, like kind of getting emotional at the table because I feel like there's a there's a real switch if you listen to the show of like when you're like oh yeah like uh, this is like super fun and comedy and I'm collecting teeth and merit badges and all I want to do is make sure my quads are like firm to like <laughs> oh oh like I'm I feel like yeah like you said like getting a little teary here or something like do you feel like that was a a conscious shift because I feel like um your show probably more explicitly is like a a comedy show like you guys are, like do stuff to be funny and uh, Murph mm-hmm. really incorporates it into the world and things like that but did you A did you anticipate that shift into a more serious kind of m- mode and B was that something you ever like discussed or was that just like something that happened totally organically just because D&D is the greatest game ever I think I mean I think it's the second one I, I would credit um, Murph with like I think all we really did as players is like follow follow the lead I think all of us love drama fantasy as well. Like I, mm. like I said, I'm a big uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Ring fan. So like it was easy. And I, you know, I, I, I like the drama. I, I love that stuff. So it's easy for me to like slip into that. Um, and I think I'm just like naturally a comedian. So the show is funny because that's my defense mechanism. Um, <laughs> but when the serious moments presented themselves, it's like, okay, sweet. Like I want to play serious. And I think part of it too, is just like, you know, genuinely feeling something for your character and like believing in my heart that hard one is, was a badass. So like when mm-hmm. badass, like serious moments came, I'm like, okay, like I want to honor that dude that I created in my brain. This guy's not mm-hmm. Jake. This guy's going to say something cool or, um, you know, have a, have like a more meaningful journey. Um, but I, I also think that it, it was like a lot of, um, Murph's way of storytelling that it's like, okay, we're going to be silly, but there are real stakes. And it was a little bit of a natural evolution too. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like, um, and I wonder, do, do you ever feel like uh, it being in the public eye as well, like affects, I don't know if you've played much like in the way of like home games or, you know, like outside of like NADPOD, because I feel like, I mean, Unati, we spoke about it like all the time about the difference between playing at home and then suddenly playing in Mugadu. And we were like, oh, fuck, there's like, pre- like I gotta, uh, I, I gotta to be, be good. good? No. <laughs> like, this is, um, Where's my agent? Yeah. Yeah, where's my agent? I need to read the rules real quick. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's suddenly this like weird amount of pressure when you suddenly go. uh, But I wonder, like, because obviously it was very different for you. You started uh, uh, in the sort of public eye. I guess, like, did you notice it? Really? What was the point? You know, it's that it was mm. it when people started correcting you on rules, maybe? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm I'm certainly like reminded every once in a while that I've fucked something up. But I think from <laughs> it, it helped that my I got my start at College Humor where we were just like um, used to like the, the worst vitriol in the comment section. Um, like, I, I think I've just always been OK at brushing past negative or um, negative comments uh, you know, forget the haters. And, mm-hmm. and what I, what I've always loved to do is like respond to positivity. And when I see people like having a good time, I engage with those people and for, um, for better, for the better, I think, um, NADPOD just has like a really positive, fun community. So even when I fuck something up, nobody's like, Oh, Jake, you're bad at D and D it's like, um, I don't know. It feels like friends making fun of you. I'm like, oh yeah, it's okay. It's not a big deal that I rolled a D12 instead of a D20 because no one's actually mad at me. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, yeah, I get I get that. I get a lot of like, wh- like Jasper, like, are you trying to kill Mooty? Are you trying to kill your character? Because like, like, what are you doing here, buddy? Like, you, you okay? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just playing it honestly, guys. Yeah. I'm just yeah. playing it honestly. But it is weird, though. It is weird when you, when, because I think for me, D&D up until starting this show was a very like personal thing mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, I, I play with my friends and everything like that. So for then suddenly my, that love to be out in the world was a slightly strange experience for me of being like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of have to be, I, I like uh, my formulated opinions will be heard by people now. Yeah. Um, and that seems, that's like a, a weird thing, especially because we're all, all three of us are actors and I guess maybe it's slightly different. Um, in the sense that we're always putting on a character like very explicitly it's never mm-hmm. kind of like us trying to tell a joke or us trying to be do you know what I mean like yeah. funny or whatever yeah. uh, it's usually like a character we're doing but we're I guess we're responsible for the material yes yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yes mm-hmm. yeah. I, that, I, I think I had that at a similar kind of like feeling when when me and Amir started our podcast because I was always just the Jake character, which is weird because it's like my name and kind of me, but it wasn't actually me. And it's always only two minutes and, you know, someone shits their pants or something. So it's like, that's, (laughs) that's not reality. But then, uh, the podcast that I started with Amir was just an advice show. So it felt like I was like putting myself out there a lot more, um, but yeah, I, th- I think that like kind of the trajectory of all of this was like, got me more and more comfortable with like being, being on mic for a long time, though I would say mm. that like D&D is definitely you're putting yourself out there. You're like committing to you're basically making a statement that can be proved false if something goes wrong or if somebody is like <laughs> you cast two concentration spells or something like that. Yeah, and mm. that uh, it's that like radio fun. theater with rules. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. really it literally weird. Is. Like, yeah. Improvised radio theater and rules. It's yeah. it's true. It's like I don't listen to your home games. Sometimes I fuck. Sometimes I fuck up, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, and it's usually me, to be yeah. honest, that's hurling abuse at Jake and saying, "No, you suck, dude." <laughs> and the rest of like the the, it's, it's, the that's usually about the... football. Yeah, that is true. It is normally about football. You do actually, uh, you do cyberbully me when it comes to football, but that's Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty relentless, mm-hmm. actually. It got to a point where I was like, it was like a week after we'd signed up with HeadGum and I was like, hmm. I sent an email uh, and I was like, after Tottenham had lost and I went, hmm. Should I have said that? Like, are we going to get kicked off the network? Am I going to have to explain to the other two halflings? You said, I think you sent me an email that said very urgent question. And then the body of the email was just a winking face. <laughs> that, yeah, it was just after, yeah, it was just after Tottenham had lost. And that was, that was what I sent. And then I remember really distinctly sending it and being like, hmm, hmm. Was that silly? Was that like, Jake, I keep, keep having to be like talked off the ledge of like, fire, like you're completely kicking us off the network every time you email him. Yeah. <laughs> Amir's just there like, no, 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 look, in Free Black Office yeah. is going to be a good show just You're put lucky. up with Jasper's shit is protecting like, you now your emails before yeah, yeah, Jake yeah. is allowed to see them yeah. I, I, your podcast I, I is doing too well address. on the network for me to have any influence anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's out of your hands completely Jake <laughs> starts like a misinformation campaign to try and tank the, like, tank the listens <laughs> and saying like all the Jasper's a bully he's a real life bully <laughs> Photoshopping traffic stats. <laughs> you see this? It's plummeting. It's so bad. Just Is like anyone taking still footage of there? real crimes and putting Jasper's headshot face like over the perpetrator. I don't know if we're even associated like, a gas station, with this like, guy. Robbing a gas station <laughs> with Jasper's face. He spit on a baby. 
<laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's a that's a horrible that's a horrible image. That's I because the thing is, you've got a lot more followers than me. You would be robbing me of like the seven hundred <laughs> followers versus your like seven. 2000 I, I mean i don't even know you probably got a lot you got a lot more than me so you know uh, and, and offer and offer just uh a cheeky little football comment and it's not it's not yeah yeah i, I shouldn't yeah. i shouldn't uh but you will lie, but you will because that's you know yeah, that's that's true. True. i am, pe- yeah, I, am I am small i am petty <laughs> <laughs> i'm vindictive that's one thing most people say about me Anyway, one thing I really wanted to say about NatPod really was it, it, I think one of the reasons that the drama works so well on the show is because it builds up relatively slowly over time mm-hmm. and because it's such a stark contrast to the normal tone of the show. I think it was just all drama all the time, then it would not be nearly as effective. But the fact that it mm-hmm. functions as a contrast to the normal tone makes it hit that much harder. And the fact that it was a gradual thing meant that it felt like the show it's it felt like you built an iceberg by starting with the stuff above water and then mm. gradually froze like the at the bottom of the iceberg and it just got bigger and bigger as the show went so where by the time by the end of the show like we're not just listening for the goofs we're listening because we legitimately care about these people and we want to find out what happens to uh, all the main characters and all the side characters in the world of bohemia and everything mm. like it's uh, yeah i think it really or it felt very organic in the way that it grew I appreciate that. I, and I do. I think that a lot of that, too, is like is getting is playing more and more as the characters like it would it would have been so mm. inauthentic to like be episode one. Hard one is like, I, I, I don't know, like takes takes uh, the mission, the mission from Denny with gravitas. It's like I've always wanted to be a hero and I will go and I'll find these teenagers. But like but eventually after playing, you know, 15 episodes as the guy. Um, you you start to wonder like okay how would hard one act like how how would he react to this and when he finds out um, he's on his father's ship it's not like he's not like going to be a goofball he's going to take that mm-hmm. moment seriously and I th- I think that like the other wonderful thing about that show is just like watching um, Beverly and Moonshine have those same moments and um, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it it was. It, it's great to play with people that are that good at improv that can like make you crack up and cry in, a, in the same session. And I think we just had fun. Like yeah. we had fun. That was, that's the big thing. We had fun with the dramatic moments too. Yeah, I think that, that generally holds up, I think for most games of D and D, right? Like, I think that if your, if your main focus is to like have fun, then I think like you will always have an outcome, which will be very satisfactory, if not extremely enjoyable mm-hmm. for everyone at the table. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If that's like the main focus as opposed to being like, this is the world we must create and these are the rules of it. And if you don't, if you don't tell me you're going to eat every three hours of in-game right. time, then you will die of starvation. Yeah. You have to take this seriously. You need to spend this much time going to the bathroom. You need to tell me how you're setting up your little yeah. like, where you're going to the bathroom in relation to your camp. You so, take off your armor when you get to the How much does your silver weigh? Golden axe. I mean, like, what All are you talking arc about? Must be accurate to your inventory. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Hard one should always have a pack full of supplies. <laughs> Yeah, if your fan art doesn't have hard one with a huge backpack, then what are you doing? You know, yeah, it's just not even realistically viable. So, I mean, maybe think about that. Um, speaking of bags, though, didn't make me really realize. I was like, hmm, you could use the bag of holding for a whole lot more more stuff. I was like, they they're very inventive with the bag of holding uh, on that show. Uh, I also do feel like if I asked my DMs whether I could do that stuff on uh, on the sh- uh, like in my games, they'd be like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't just like willingly just put another creature just unwillingly in the bag. But Murph's like, yeah, okay, force fine. them into the bag. <laughs> just force them into the bag. Um. Uh, I love this. So uh, we do, uh, obviously on the show, we do a lot of uh, advice. Uh, and I was kind of interested to know if you could transport yourself back. And maybe Halflings, we could do this as well, because I'd actually be interested to hear what you have to say about this as well. Uh, if you could magically transport yourself back to that first time that you played D&D, what's like the one line of advice that you would give them? So like if you if you had to ask, if you had to go back, you had a, uh, 30 seconds with Jake Hurwitz as just as he's about to start playing Hardwood Shorefoot for the first time. What was the one line of advice? that you would give to yourself wow that i would give me 
Yeah, you specifically. I guess I would tell myself to just always roll the d20 and so, unless someone told you <laughs> to roll a different die. Because I remember yes. feeling really overwhelmed. Like Murph would be like, oh, uh, roll a perception check. And I'd like look at all of the dice and I'd be like, I, I don't know how. And then like, uh, what is, as long what as is you that? default to rolling a d20, even if you forget your modifier, you'll be, you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your DM <laughs> usually usually has your street open and will just say, you get a plus four, so let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're, like, you're just in the right you train at that point. You may not be in the right car, but you're mm-hmm. on the right train. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the train might be Snowpiercer and be very, very long, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're at least on the train and not freezing to death outside. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, nice. Okay, I like that. Uh, uh, Jeremy, what about you? If you could go oh, back man. to the first time you ever played. Um, I think... <sighs> I would say, um, uh, I don't know, one sentence of advice. My first instinct is to say, think outside the box, because I think that will, I think that's just more fun. I think it's like coming up with creative solutions to stuff. Mm, but there's also mm. just like, don't take it too seriously, bro. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in, some, in some ways, I'm glad I didn't find this game in high school, because like, there would have been some fights. <laughs> gotten really intense so. <laughs> I, I have noticed recently jeremy gets particularly impassioned during our episodes where we do deep dives into classes because like i think it's just the way jeremy's mind works where he's just like this is the rule <laughs> boom i know it this is the i'm willing to die on this fucking hill so come at me <laughs> yeah yeah please uh, that would be the that would be my word of advice to all first-time players um you don't necessarily by the first session need to know how to play your character but mm-hmm. it's good to like read over your class features mm. and then perhaps even if your dm is experienced talk to your dm about like how all of it works so that you have like a good idea of how your class is theoretically supposed to function so that if you choose to like not do that you at least are making an informed decision and not just being like yeah wait i have second wind i can yeah. get it points back and, and like, like yes! it only gets like, it only oh. gets harder because as you level up, you get more and more stuff. So you like you really do yeah. have to, you know, it, take your you can take your time. But like, yeah, you should by the next time you level up, like know all of your abilities because that's what's going to make like getting a new one easier to remember. <laughs> it's yeah. going to make it like, fun instead of like, oh, no, not another one. Not another, not another one. <laughs> oh, I remember when I first played, it was like a feat. A, a what? And I remember Jeremy just going, dude, take one of these two. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I'll just take one of them. <laughs> I am like, I have, what's a feat? I mean, I'll just take ability score improvements because yeah. I have no fucking idea what these feats are. And the list is long. The list it is, is long. lengthy. And I mm. don't know if any of these are going to be helpful. Maybe I'll pick crossbow expert. I've literally never fired a crossbow and I'm a wizard. <laughs> so Why? This is like, do you know what there, I mean? By like, the way, that's there are, sort of... actually for any first time players, there's a lot of resources out there that will be like, I mean, there's, there's articles online that are like how to play such and such. There's so many videos. Mm. We have a series where we talk about how to, uh, I mean, we've gotten through so far the, the rogue and the bar, but we're going to go through all mm. the classes and kind of explain how mm. they work. Uh, and all the different subclasses and so forth. So there are resources that it's just worth checking yeah. out because you're not alone. Like if you're if you're wondering, there's plenty of information for you to find. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot. There is a lot. It's one of my favorite things we get as well when people are like, hey, I've never played D&D before, but I like the show. And I'm always like, oh, welcome to the start of a magical adventure. <laughs> like, I always love that when people like, say that on Discord and stuff. I'm like, yes, I will welcome. say this, uh, every time a fighter action surges anywhere in the world, my heart smiles. Uh, I don't know why, but like whenever whenever somebody uses action surge, especially in like a really like strategic way, like Unati on on our uh, the Cub and the Caterpillar show has used action surge a couple of times in like key moments, and it's like, oh, it's got to yeah. wait. You got to wait yeah. until like you really want to knock ooh, them ooh. out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. And when it's I discovered like aggressive, yes. I was like. Even the name, what? I'm going to action, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just fucking like that. kneeling on your knee in the mud. Just like, fuck. It's like yeah. drawing on energy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Boromir getting shot with arrows. <laughs> yes, He's like, is. I'm going to action, Boromir's sir. Boromir's second wins <laughs> in that moment as well. Yeah. Like, he's fully second wins because he should have died second a while wind. ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second wind, action surge, three yeah. more attacks. Yeah. Go on. Let's go. Everyone at the table is sobbing. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, there's like there's a couple of moments in Lord of the Rings where you're like, oh yeah, they got an action surge there. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. the uh, the Urukai in Helm's Deep, he fully action surges, da- like dash action mm-hmm. towards the wall. Do you know what I mean? Yes. As he's taking arrows in the shoulder, yes, and, just, and he definitely <laughs> used his relentless endurance. He almost yeah, goes yeah, down yeah. at one point, rolls, he makes yeah. the save! <laughs> yeah. And Legolas That's is doing still... uh, acrobatic checks, like, all the time. All, all the time. time. When he time. slides down the... Like, the imagine thought? being yeah. the DM. Imagine the DM and you're being like, oh, yeah, 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 you're gonna slide... I wanna slide... Okay, so I wanna... I'm gonna shoot loads of guys on the back of this thing, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna shoot the, the Oliphant in the head, and then I'm gonna slide... As it's dying, I'm gonna slide down its trunk and, like, flick off, yeah. land in front of the other player and be like... Token and is do, like, like a smile um, or okay, I guess do an athletics track check like yeah, that's like a dc okay, 25 uh, yeah. uh, uh that's a 32 ah uh, well fuck yeah he's fuck got like reliable it. talent so he just can't <laughs> yeah. fail he can't <laughs> fail it yeah yeah that's amazing uh you know, what about you what would be your piece of advice um, my piece of advice uh don't you don't have to play a rogue <laughs> yes Yes. I mean, like, of course, I'll obviously still repeat that mistake, but you don't have to play a rogue. It's okay. Mm, it's okay. Mm, it's okay. Mm, it's okay. Mm, it's okay. It's okay. Rogue's a nice, comfortable place too. to start. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think, um, yeah, I stayed away from spellcasters way too long, but I still have, I still, mm. I, lo- I love my marshals. I love my marshals. Special place. Mm. I'm afraid of spellcasters. That's like, I can barely keep track of. Action surges. I recently did it. Yeah, I recently did it, and I would say the one thing that I, I'm really glad about is I didn't pick a spellcaster that prepares spells. That is like for me, that's mm-hmm. where it gets a little too complicated, even for me at this point. Right, those that's just I'm like known like, spells, right? Like like a yeah, bard. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, so exactly. So they can just like flick through the beginning of every day and be like, okay, what am I picking today? What's the spice or the flavor for today? Mm. And like, that would be too stressful because the idea would get halfway through the day and they'd be like, you didn't stock this. And like the party is in major shit because I didn't mm. sp- like That's stop water breathing. Yeah. Oh, like, you didn't know we were scuba diving today, dude. Oh, Come, on. Yeah. There was, Come on. I was in a battle once where this, the DM described this opponent about to like start casting a spell and there was frost involved. And at the level this we're at, I'm like, this man's about to drop a cone of cold. And I turned to the wizard and I was like, do you have counter spell? And he's like, I don't have it prepared. Slow motion snowflakes. Yeah. Jeremy immediately starts working on a time machine to go back to the following morning in game time and say, that's it that's all the (laughs) use of the time machine just for that one moment Uh, as a a rule there are certain spells that if you have them and you have prepared spells unless they're in exceptional circumstances it's just a good idea to have it just have it just have it prepared just you know it's a good idea it's a good idea i'm excited for the day you first play a a spellcaster have you played a spellcaster before i mean i'm not caught up on everything nadpod just yet but i'm working i played yeah i played a pop punk bard um in emily's campaign uh named tread nevers and that it was that was super fun i i i liked uh having prepared spells like knowing exactly what what i was going to be able to do but even that, yeah, I, yeah, yeah i just feel like my brain doesn't work well for spells like i was constantly doing things like okay like i'm gonna do this and this is gonna happen and then somebody'd be like okay that person saves uh and nothing happens. nothing happened like yeah. oh yeah. i wish yeah. i had a sword especially as well no, you go. You go oh, I was going to say, I feel like a mixed spellcaster because you played you played a ranger, and they're mm. kind of like mixed melee spells, like a ranger or like a paladin. I feel yeah, like I could probably. Paladin's I do, a good one. I want to play paladin. I, I like Eldritch Blast seems fucking rad. I just like the oh, flavor Eldritch of it. I do. I want to yeah, play somebody like, with yeah. like heavy armor. All of my characters yeah. have had like uh, leather armor and stuff, but I want to just play like a fucking a tank. <laughs> yeah, a tank, a knight. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I was going to say as well, going back to the spellcasters, it's particularly hard when you have to play with Emily Axford as well, who I think out of all the players I've ever listened to uses spells so creatively. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm sitting there going, how did you even think to, that's my problem with spellcasters. I never like think of a good way. I think that I did actually the first time was when I decided to cast fireball on myself that and made cool. an alcove and an ice cliff. That was probably like the, that's the rad. most yeah. creative thing I've ever done with a spell. But like, otherwise I'm always like, I mean, 
I know. Can uh, you replace your teeth with prestidigitation? Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Moochie, oh, yeah, yeah, Moochie's character true. loses his teeth in episode two of The, of the Caterpillar. And <laughs> he, for, mu- for much of the tooth. next... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also loses an arm, but he gets a prosthetic arm. But the prosthetic arm Both only arms. has like two fingers, so he yeah. he prestidigitates a mouthful of false teeth and a couple Not of bad. additional fingers. Mm. Yeah. Oh, on there you his go. Prosthetic hand. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was yeah. fun. <laughs> Creativity born um, of necessity. Yeah. Yes, that was more what it was. That was more. Yeah, only... I just need to keep like having horrible things happen to your characters. Yeah, I can only you'll... be inventive when I'm about to die, which is a good time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's better useful. than better late yeah. than never, Mugger right? Style. Mm, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly that. Uh, <laughs> beautiful. So, um, Jake, we always do something with our guests, which is we ask them to share a tale from the table. Uh, this can be something from Natbod that sticks out to you as a particularly hilarious or chaotic moment. Uh, it can be something from a home game uh, that people might not have heard before. It's just like a moment in a time where you just it just it encapsulates uh, chaos and uh, shithousery, as I like to call it. Okay. Um, but any examples like that would be most welcome. All right. I th- so I think... The one that's coming to my mind is, uh, all right, it's, I don't know how chaotic it is. I find it to be more uh, moving. It's, it's a beautiful Mm. story. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. So I, let's see where I was going home. I think it was two years ago. I was going home to my aunt's house um, for, she does this like day after Thanksgiving party. Mm. Um, I had just started NADPOD um, and my older cousin had, had like I think we were up to like the Moonstone Jamboree so it was pretty mm-hmm. early on mm-hmm. but he had listened to the podcast and I got home he's like maybe 20 years older than me 18 years older than me and he was like you know I used to play D&D like we used we have the original rule books upstairs Whoa. like the very first edition like Gygax uh D&D books and the crazy thing was that like his uh older brother Paul who had passed away when they were younger he was the DM so like this is my cousin who passed away when I was a baby um and it was just like very cool to like I was holding his DM notes like his his like monster stats and stuff that he had made um and then I came down with and like my cousin's kids are like six seven um, and I ran like a very, just like a, a super simple little combat thing with them and, Whoa. um, like just them creating their characters. Like one, this one kid, he was like, he's a barbarian and his name was God of war. And then this, <laughs> yes. and then my other cousin was just like, wanted to be a druid named like Lilypad, And it was just so oh. interesting to see, like, even like they're just such young ages, like, taking wildly different divergent but like equally creative paths and like it made me appreciate how mm. beautiful the game of D is that it's like mm. there's like three different generations playing off of one book like uh and having such a nice time you know it's oh that's so wholesome man that was super cry now that was so nice <laughs> you're not i'm not crying you are <laughs> from the table <laughs> yeah, Tidge. Oh, nice. nice. Nice, Jeremy. There you go. Always, always good with the names. Uh, yeah, that was really. <laughs> that is My genuinely so. Name <laughs> It's genuinely like so so beautiful though, and I think Mm. like it's it's I think the wonderful thing about D and D has always been that like it's always given me an opportunity to like go back to this slightly more simple time when all I cared about was like uh, the the economic makeup of this fantasy world. Do you know what I mean? And like now I get to be involved in that world and play around in it, and like kind of even it's for me it almost was slightly better than when I was a kid because when I was a kid it was just like endless possibilities right. and it would just go and go and go whereas like now I'm like oh now I've got like all of my adult stuff that I know that I can bring to the table and make it even and I can I purposefully make something truly badass do you yes, know what I mean definitely um, and it's, and it's, yeah, it's so like, it's still it's, it's almost an even better escape when you appreciate it for the escape mm. that it is like it's it's fun yes. no matter what when you've got something to escape from right. but when, yeah but when you have like real life stress and you're like okay I'm mm. just gonna go fucking attack uh, a toad you know that's yeah 
mm-hmm. the game, not in real life. <laughs> yeah, leave them. <laughs> Unless you're in Australia, then you might need to well, attack Well, right. I don't know. You do have a long history, as hard one, I should say, of uh, attacking and killing animals. <laughs> That's um, right. So uh, <laughs> whether it's horses, I don't know how many, elephants. How many fucking horse heads are on, <laughs> on hard one's uh, shoulders? I really have no idea. <laughs> it's a truly staggering amount. It's a truly staggering yeah, amount. I've killed too uh, many horses. You only attack the mounts, is I think is the general rule. I of really, and I often yeah. was critting on horses. It wasn't even yes. like <laughs> <laughs> that's when you grit. It's not just yeah, yeah. So many times, like, okay, I guess this strategic. Th- I, I have to go after the mount. That's what I'm going to do. It's like, okay, I fuck in that twenty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty. Like when the dice just decide. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? There's like, might as well be a little middle finger in there. Like, ha you fucking hate animals, man. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the dice are just just messing with you there. Like they're just fully. That's the fully the, messing. That's with the you. other best part of the of the game. It's just that like so much is mm. left to the roll. I mean, it's really it's it's flawless. It doesn't get better. It tells yeah. It tells much more interesting stories. I think mm-hmm. when you uh, when you when you trust and let those rolls happen and you just go well. Well, shit, here we go. Yep. Strap in. Yeah. Okay, okay, fun times, fun times. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing. Uh, I, I genuinely feel like we could we could go on and, and, and discuss so much. Um, uh, we didn't even get to talk about the fact that uh, I was listening to an episode today and the fact that uh, Murph seems to quite often be in a panic sweat about trying not to kill you all, which is really, really fun. Bless his heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's always, uh, always like there, just like okay. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna roll, see how many turn up. Oh, okay, uh, it's like a twenty. Yep. Okay, great. Despite like, her best efforts, uh, if we yeah. managed, to, managed to survive for a, a decent amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is what's happening with Muti and Ongenagama currently. It's just generally every every other episode is just like, uh, well, if we survive, that'll be a good yeah, session. Yeah. Yeah, you can always okay. yeah. you can tell your DMs like, okay, you sure you want to do that? You want to mm-hmm. go? You want to run into the key? Okay, okay. You sure? <laughs> because there's I described. If you remember, there was a bit before where uh, do you want to roll an intelligence check yeah I'm sure there's so many yeah, times yeah when you wanted to go be. to the other peak the other twin and yeah. it's like um are you mm, do, are do you, you want to do that <laughs> it was literally another character talking to the twin is like are, are you guys sure it looks sure. bad I'm looking, looking at it now it looks really bad, bad. <laughs> yeah at a certain storm. point I started asking Balnor cause like that's Murph's NPC it was like what do yes. you think Balnor yes. <laughs> should we <laughs> Should we do that? Uh, I don't know, bud. <laughs> so good. So, well, that is literally that's what long-term NPCs are there for. Yes. that's absolutely yeah. what I use long-term NPCs for. Is just to be like, um, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> hey, guys. hey uh, remember me? <laughs> I'm your conscience. <laughs> don't do that. I don't think we have uh, nine hours to spend shopping. Let's <laughs> <laughs> move it along. Now we're going to play a DD game where there's, there's a DMNPC that is just somebody's conscience. Like their sidekick <laughs> is their conscience. That would be so funny. So it's like your familiar so that you summon is literally your conscience and is just like, well, I, I don't know about this one. Got a real bad know. feeling. Uh, <laughs> hey, look in that chest over there. Have you thought about maybe checking for traps? <laughs> just a hunch. Uh, yeah, I don't have any insider information or anything. But uh, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would check for traps. What you should really do is do the like the devil on your shoulder. So then you just know to yeah. do the opposite of the DM, whatever the DM is saying. Like, yeah, let's go in there. Guns are blazing. So, Come on, guys. Nope. It's like, no, no, wait a second. Yeah, but then what would be even funnier is if the DM got to roll persuasion checks on the PC. Wow. So like, uh, oh, if if they succeeded, oh. the PC was like, okay, then let's go. <laughs> I think I think it would be cool if it like existed in like a quantum state where the mm. the being is like they it's like a it's it's like a yin and yang being, and depending on which one you're speaking to, like or depending on when you speak to them, like the DM has to basically flip a coin, and you Ooh. don't know which one you're talking. You to. You have to roll an insight check to yeah. determine whether it's the good or the bad one giving right. you advice. Oh. Yeah, yeah, one always this tells the truth, fun. one always lies. That's good. Yeah. This is yeah. fun. Then you have to do the the the, the uh, labyrinth thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have to ask the question so you know which one is the liar. I don't know what the question is, but yeah, it's I don't. A, it, there a is thing. a riddle. It, I can't remember if it, but it, doesn't it not work? Like she falls through the floor. Yeah, I I yeah. remember. I watched that film very recently and was like, what? That can't. That's wait. And it took me. I had to pause the film and was like, 
But no, no. Uh, what? And my brain just started hurting, so I was like, I carry on watching it, and then <laughs> David Bowie sung at me, so yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's okay, fine, I'm that's fine. okay. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. What kind of magic? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at uh, this plot hole. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> look yeah, at yeah. me. <laughs> that. Oh uh, yeah, that's so it. That's so it. Um. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so much fun uh, getting to getting to hang out with you and uh, and and not abusing you for your taste in football teams uh, for for a change, wow, which yeah. is very rare. Come on, you Spurs, everybody! Oh no, I'm cutting that. That's getting bleeped. Whatever you just said is not making Can't it to the, the final. Title? I will not. Come on, you Spurs with Jake and Spurs. Absolutely not. I will. Oh, I am expunging it. Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, no. I come from an Arsenal house, so I have to support Arsenal by default. Uh, normally, you have mirror <laughs> control. Letting now even I'm this in conversation control. happen. <laughs> this is all gone. This is all release gone. Release the Tottenham Hotspurs cut. <laughs> I'm gonna release a. I'm gonna release a cut of this where I manage to find clips of Jake saying, "Come on, you Gunas." That's basically what it's gonna be. I'm gonna splice, splice together, together somehow words. from old Jake and Amir's. Yeah, 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 yeah. To make him say, come on, you goodness, that's what I'm going to do. So uh, That'll be yeah. on the hard one uh, soundboard. I just ran yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. Hard one would never. <laughs> uh, this has been hilarious. Uh, Jake, uh, please tell uh, the lovely halflings uh, where they can find more of your stuff and what you're up to. Uh, plug, your, plug your things. Wow. Um, you know, I feel like... Uh, you can just, I don't know, you could Google my name, Jake Hurwitz and podcast and then do, I, I feel like I want to spend this time to to encourage any NADPOD fans that have come to listen to me on this show to subscribe to this show. Like if you're not already doing that, press subscribe, rate, review, three black halflings. That's, that's really what I want to plug. Oh, thank you. That's that's so I'm nice. Not You're the you oh, are. that's Stop Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Jake, coming on here and being all wholesome and shit. Sorry. Like, oh. Sorry. I was expecting uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. I really appreciate mm, that. And you. uh you know, and uh, we're we're loving life over on the Headgun Podcast Network. It's it's, you guys it's are very, it. very, very fun. You're an exciting um, new show for us. So thank you. Thanks yeah. for thanks for being part of the Headgun fam. And if you are a, a NADPOD listener who is now subscribed to the show, you can uh, use the new moniker that I invented for both fans of NADPOD and Three Black Halflings, which is NADLings. Nadling. You're so welcome. I, I mean, I feel... We talked about it on the Discord, and we, we mm. suggested some other names, ah, but yeah. I think NADLings NADLings one. Okay, cool. It's, it's a fan choice. It seems to stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I am not on yeah. the Discord. It's caught on now. <laughs> it's, it has a life of its own. There's nothing yeah. we can do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's... There's there's Nadlings. The brand is Reddit bigger than any of us now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this uh, and you want to catch more TB Halflings goodness in your life, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings. And you can follow us on all the social medias at TB Halflings as well. Um, you can also follow me at JW underscore Cartwright on Twitter, I think, maybe. Uh, and uh, you can follow Yunati as well, uh, who's also on the Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Yunati? I think it's L-U Lewis Nyao, and then Instagram is Luyanda Lewis Nyao. I know there isn't any parity here, but, you know, I wasn't thinking things through when I signed up. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah, know I didn't, yeah. Jasper was going to teleport into my garden at the time, so... But I just did. But I just did. Uh, uh, I'm still yeah. on both Twitter and Instagram. I don't remember but what hidden. my Twitter handle is. <laughs> and my Instagram handle, uh, if you find it, uh, if you find either of them, feel free to follow me. I yeah. don't post on either of them. Uh, but you, I will, it'll make me smile if I see that somebody, every time somebody, somebody has, has followed me on Instagram, who is clearly just a fan of, of Three Black Halflings, it makes me go like, oh, that's oh. good. <laughs> So. Oh, uh, amazing. And uh, yeah, so I think that about wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you're having a wonderful day and that you are safe and well. So long, Shire Folk. So long, so long Shire, Shire Folk. folk. Go Spurs.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.